Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer, aka Sirgun Carr. I'm speaking with Jacintha Dickin and Emily Quant today, who are both homeschooling moms like myself. Um, I suppose everyone could be considered a homeschooling mom or dad these days. Um, but we, you know, we're doing it before uh, before we had to. <laughs> and uh, I think that this conversation about screens that I'm going to share with you about screen time, um, letting loose the reins around TV, video games, computer, um, with this generation of kids, is especially timely for a period where we are spending more time in our homes. Uh, children are not in school. It's summer now, but children were taken out of school who were used to being in school. And I think just for parents, it's also, I feel like this is going to alleviate a little bit of guilt um, when you hear our policies around this and how they're working. Um, it's something that I had a lot of resistance to when my child was growing up. I talk about that and um, Jacintha and Emily talk a little bit about their uh, evolution in terms of screen time in their homes. So I'll leave it at that and here we go. Hi, I'm Emily. I have nine-year-old son and 12-year-old son and we live in California and we unschool in community um, at Free to Learn and this is our fifth year um, and we've been homeschooling before that so we love it. It's working. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jacinta and I'm mum to three girls. I call them my three mermaids because they love to swim the whole time. Uh, but they don't so much like to wash, I have to admit. So getting them in the bath is not quite so easy. I have an almost 11-year-old, a 9-year-old and a 7-year-old. And they have been in traditional education up until a couple of years ago, where I moved them to an alternative outdoor school. And then we've been home educating for a couple of years now. So I, I really, um, I wanted to have this conversation because when we were on the call with, um, with the community, the soul embodied living community or leadership community, I guess they're calling it now, um, Jacintha had mentioned that, you know, in, in creating these courses for, um, for kids, we're going to be calling them courses for kids that are really courses for adults. Um, that we need to keep in mind that not all kids are like nature, 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 that some of them are very screen oriented and that that's, you know, that's pretty, that's kind of normal these days, that that's a, that's an evolution that we're seeing. And I know for my own kids, um, you know, I started off kind of wanting to, to Waldorf school them because I was watching all these videos, ironically about Waldorf and how, you know, it's nice to keep your, you know, your kids innocence alive and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I was very resistant to letting my first son watch anything for a couple years. And it was such a struggle. Like he wanted it so badly and it was so impossible to keep him away from anything anyway, because everywhere we'd go, there'd be, I mean, you go to the gas station to get your tires um, rotated and there's Sesame Street playing, you know? So um, finally, I was just, I started listening to some unschooling podcasts and I was like, I'm going to try this. And it's funny because at seven, I feel like I'm finally at a place where I'm not worried. He's seven now. I'm like not worried about it anymore. And I can see that he is like 
so intelligent and such a great communicator and like none of the things that I was afraid he wouldn't be because he's been watching, um, doing a lot of screen time. So anyway, I thought I'd open it up there and see what, see what y'all do in your lives and how you've kind of framed it for yourselves. I just think it's such an important subject. Um, I took my kids out of school and I put them in what my husband turned a Montessori on steroids school. It was, I mean, it, it's just closed down, but I mean, it was, you, the kids were climbing trees and they had like a clipboard and they'd be writing a poem in a tree. It was just so fucking idyllic. It was insane. And I was like, oh, this is so amazing. But they had these rules in place and some of them were like, you can only eat vegetarian food. And one of my kids um, is a real carnivore, like a massive carnivore. And she cannot get enough food inside her if she isn't eating meat protein. Whereas the other two, they couldn't give two hoots, but it was a real problem for her because she was constantly hungry at this school. And then the other thing was that from Sunday about 4 p.m., I mean, it was this specific, to Friday afternoon when she came back from school, she was not allowed to watch TV. So she was at home with me every day. I'd pick her up and bring her home. But none of them were allowed to watch TV. And the ruling behind this was that children more often than not boys are watching fighting games and then they introduce it into the school and then all the kids play it but they don't understand it and so there was just this blanket rule of no tv now i was so pro this i was like yay i don't even have to fight this anymore like i just get to go no and that's it but ironically at the same time a couple of years before that i'd started to introduce this process of a yes day so every couple of months I'd have a yes day, which was basically I say yes to everything that they ask. And the only framework was it had to be within reason. So, you know, you want to go to Disney World? Fine, but can we get there and get back in time? No, so it's not reasonable. You want to have chocolate for breakfast and lunch? Sure, is that reasonable for two meals? Probably not. So, you know, they just got to play with what was reasonable. And so on these yes days, invariably, they would watch TV all day, like from the moment they woke up to the moment they went to bed. And then they go to bed and they go, it wasn't very fun. It wasn't a very fun yesterday. And I'm like, no, of course it wasn't fun. You sat in front of a screen, like goggling the whole time. It's ridiculous. Anyway, when I took them out of this school because I had a sense that it had done what it needed to do and it was time for them to come be home educated, and when I got that sense, I asked them what would they like to do? And they all chose to come and be home educated. The TV aspect was the thing I struggled most with. Like in my book, TV is not educational, like end of story. I have family members who don't let their kids watch TV. I have friends who don't even have TVs. Like the messaging is so clear. You are ruining your child if they watch TV. And I just kept getting these flipping guides coming through saying, just let them watch TV. And I was like, no, 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 this is ridiculous. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And you know, even today I had a guide, a really famous, like influential person in the UK came through for me today. And I was like, what, what, what's going on here? And he was like, you know, you do not need to let them watch TV, don't you? And I was like, really? Again? <laughs> like, I still struggle with it. It's ridiculous. But then, 
what I did was I created these cards and I think you've probably heard about these. So I've got this pack of cards and on it, I've got everything, but they include things like go on the computer and watch TV because I was determined, you know what, if it's real, then, then I want to know it's real. And routinely they pull the TV card and I watch them. They don't have any clue. Like at one point, one of the cards was darker in colors. So they were like, I know which one it is, but they're not. And they just watch it. And then my child today said to me, did you know the history of the chip? And I was like, no. And she goes, well, in 18 something, la, la, la. And I'm like, oh my God, you got all of that from watching TV, didn't you? Of course it's educational. Why am I fighting what's naturally happening? And for my seven-year-old in particular, she just doesn't learn in any other medium. It's just the medium for her. She the way that the auditory happens at the same time as the visual, it just engages and enlightens her so much. And when I speak and say all that same information, she's like, la, 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 you know, it doesn't go in unless it's actually her watching the TV. So I've massively struggled with it, but I now know it's really, really important. And for my eldest child, who was at this school, never allowed to go on any kind of screens or watch TV. When she came back, one of the first things we discovered is she wants to make movies. And of course she hadn't been able to do that for such a long time because she was never allowed on a screen. She didn't have any screens. She wants to make movies, she wants to write PowerPoint presentations, she wants to watch films, like she's epic. She sits there and watches the Star Wars movies with her Star Wars dictionary. You know, like that's, that's TV on another level. Like, why do we think it's so evil? It's just really interesting. And of course, there's the aspect of, you know, the programming coming through. But other than that, I think it's really, really powerful and really beneficial. And I think some of these children have come with all this new technology equipped to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting about the, the making movies thing. That's something that that my seven-year-old's really interested in too, is he, he watched, he watched so much YouTube and then he wanted to make his own, you know, YouTube videos. Um, it's yeah, a I, form of self-expression now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And they almost, they almost don't even remember that. Well, they, they don't remember. <laughs> we remember like that there was a time when you couldn't just decide you were going to put your face in front of everybody, you know, that, that wasn't an option like you had to go to an audition and be part of a you know but now it's so um, democratic you get to just decide that you want to be the star of your own show and you publish <laughs> yeah my 12 my 12 year old just is a huge youtube he just watches so much youtube and generally it's he's into art so he watches all these artists just massive amount of youtube hours being logged watching these artists doing all of their projects and um he he also is incorporating some of their art things into that piece of his world right but then also he will go on to watch an art video somebody's got something new that he wants to see and then that leads off on the rabbit trails right and so then now he's watching whatever oh did you know mr beast gave away a million dollars today and you know like completely irrelevant to what he had started doing 
but he um, just in the last month decided that he wanted to also do a YouTube. He's like, oh man, I've wanted to do this for so long. So he put together, it's about portion sizes? Portions, yeah. So he did his whole day of eating. He recorded every part and like the, the pieces that you thought the portions were gonna be, but then what the actual portions were. And uh, so he did breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then he cut it all together. He puts this thing together, it's like, incredible it's first video that he's done at all like you know ever he did he figures out how to edit the whole thing he he's really into art so he makes his own like little thumbnail for it he names it a cool thing he makes the intro art he's like flying in what's on his plate and different you know all this stuff he's got it fast forwarded and then slowed down he writes Music for it? Never done anything like that before, but he wanted his own music and he had like a little tune in his head. So he pulls up GarageBand and is like, he just writes some music, puts it all together, mixes it all together, fades in, fades out, writes another piece of music because he thinks this other thing should have something else. All of this in like a week, he puts the whole thing together with all of these elements. He's never done any of those things before. No, he's never written any, he's, he has no interest in writing music, like that's not been a thing. All these, this huge amount of skills that, and he's YouTubing to figure out things. On his art project, he needed to, he wanted to like shift the title page or something, and so he had to, in the program that he works all the time, figure out how to put that into an animating program. And just a million things comes out. It's this phenomenal little YouTube clip. It's like a four minute clip of portion sizes. Totally professional, like way better than anyone's first YouTube thing, right? And he just whipped it together because he's 12. He's been watching YouTube for since he was seven. And he knows exactly what he wants. So like your, your daughter who wants to do movies, right? Like she's just logging hours, she's watching, she's paying attention, she's picking up all of these things. And then when he comes, like his edits are perfect. They're just on point, like exactly where they need to be. My husband is, a, is an editor as well. And so like there's stuff in there, like my husband can look at it and go like, technically this is on point and he's never done it. He didn't have to have any practice. He just sat down and did it because all of those, all those things, right? When he's watching it, he's apparently picked up like when to cut something and how to fade something. Oh my gosh, just all these little things. It's really cool to see how much is happening, but did we see any of that manifesting from the time he was seven until the time he was 12? None not a single bit of it. And it just all pops up in one week. You're like, whoa, we have a professional editor here. He could get paid to do this today. Wow. And he's never done it before. That's an amazing point too, is that you just don't know what they're learning from. Oh, what they're, you know, because something can be educational, like a show can be like, this is about the ABCs or, you know, whatever. And then we're like, okay, they're learning the ABCs. Like, I feel like in, to your point, we have no idea what sort of, 
what they're getting out of this. Interpersonal skills, vocabulary, color recognition. Like, I have no idea. My kid's learning how to read through Minecraft right now, um, which I heard about, and I, was, I always sort of, like, rolled my eyes at. <laughs> but he totally is. He has no interest in doing it any other way. Um, yeah. Oh, this yeah. is so interesting. <laughs> I'm watching my seven-year-old learning to read, and it's like the most painful staircase I've ever walked in my whole life because mainly it's horizontal. Sometimes it's a slide going down and then every once in a blue moon, we have this wicked leap and I'm like, yay, we got somewhere. Followed by a massive slide below. And I'm like, I, the message I'm getting through right now is don't trust your point of view on what's going on. Trust their point of view. And I, it's, you know, it's such a leap of faith, isn't it? Like you've just watched your child watch TV, YouTube from age seven to 12 with no concept of what was gonna come of it. But if somebody had taken you to this point in the future, like you would have been probably way more chilled about the amount of YouTube watching he was watching up until that point, wouldn't you? You'd be like, hey, I know he's gonna be a genius. This is all fine. He can keep watching, no problems because you just don't have a clue. And that's the whole point. Like we don't understand it because we didn't have it. Like the most exciting thing I watched on TV was Gem and the Superstars. And I thought that was amazing. You probably don't even know what it is, but it was just like so innovative and exciting, but it didn't do anything for me. It didn't change my world, but what they're learning is changing their whole entire world. Well, and it might have been changing your world in areas that you can't see right now, right? Like the, I feel like that's, there's so many things going on and they innately know what needs to happen next for them. So um, a couple years ago, I read an article and I think it was titled something like um, watching the same shows over and over is good for you. And so I was like, what? This is great. Because my husband does that. He watches his favorite shows like the every season and just over and over and over and over. And it just drives me bananas because I'm like, are you kidding me? You're doing this again? Like how many times have you seen this episode? He can quote all of the episodes. It's crazy. So, um, I pick this article up, I read it, and it turns out when you are watching a TV episode that you already know, right? It's your favorite episode, you've watched it, you know the whole storyline, you know the whole, everything that's gonna happen, you can basically like relive this in your sleep. When you turn on those favorite shows, it lights your brain up. They put, they put on your favorite show, hooked you up to all the brainwave measures, and then they watched what your brain is doing. And so your brain lights up because it's all familiar. It's all there, everything's in there. So it just kind of like opens your brain up and everything's alive inside of there. Like Everything's flowing. And what happens is you don't have to think about it because you've seen it a million times already. And so your cognitive pieces aren't like working anything out they're not they're not problem solving they're not doing any of that what they do is they take any new information 
that you have in like the last couple days. And they take all of that and through these already open flowing pathways, they take that new information, flow it down the pathways and file it into where it needs to be. So watching your favorite show, just like sitting on the couch, unrelated doing nothing. to the show. Like completely unrelated. Yeah. yeah, completely unrelated. So, but it just, it opens your brain up and then your brain is like, okay, this is cool. I'm not really busy doing anything because I've seen this a million times. So what I'm going to do in this time, I've got 22 minutes, I'm now going to take all that information that was really hard for me to learn and that I don't really have anywhere to connect all of my connection pathways are open now, so it flows it right down those connection pathways and files it all into accessible places. Wow. <laughs> and that's what they're doing, right? Like, so interesting because I remember reading when the kids were really small that you know how children just want you to read the same book again and again and again. And I remember discovering that it, it helps them feel secure and safe in the world. And I imagine it's doing exactly the same thing which you've just described. So when your body is in stress or fight or flight mode, it doesn't have time to do that filing and that storage and that, I guess what Bridget would call the integration part, the processing. And so I, what you're saying is when you're in that environment that's safe, then that processing can happen. So it's kind of like meditating. It is. is. It is. Yes, because it just opens everything up. We can just tell parents that kids are meditating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, one of the ways that I, that I like kind of justified this to myself in the beginning, cause I felt like I had to, was to say like, I can sort of see how as a two year old or like two and a half year old, this is like the only space that he has where I'm not going, no, please don't touch that. No, no, no. That's going to get messy. You know, like I'm not controlling his experience watching Babar or whatever it was. Um, and I was like, that must feel really nice to him, you know? Um, and then when they get, you know, they get older, you, you're not so worried about them breaking everything, or at least I wasn't. But um, I remember that. I remember having that thought. And I think of the, the massive amount of things that they're learning when they're two, right? And so, and just like completely random. They have no storyline to put all of these new things into and so how nice it would be to just be in that space where you're reading their same book or they're watching the same, they've watched the same dang episode so much and you're just like, why? Or the, the character, it's like exactly the same as it was yesterday, even though it's a new episode. I hate those ones too. Um, you know, like, oh gosh, but that's what they need because they're like, we gotta, we gotta get this, these pathways clear so that we can start filing these things. In the same and way that it's safe to have a routine. Yeah, so perfect. And that, you know, they love that. They love the consistency of that. All that. Yeah. It's pretty good. There's a lot of good stuff happening. Turns out. And we fought against it. Yes, yes. Well, I, I mean, and I've read this too. I don't know if you've read this, but like the, I'm sure you have, like the idea that, you know, every generation thinks that whatever the new generation has is 
from the devil. You know, like people honestly thought picture books were going to dumb down our kids or like recorded music. I mean, people really, really like everything we have thought. <laughs> Even the printing press, you know that there were burnings of the printing press, like all the moms got together when the printing press would come into their town and were like rallying against it because it was going to be the end of society. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, and so, you know, sure, YouTube also, um, and our kids are probably not going to feel that way, and their kids are going to have something new and demonic to, you know, <laughs> to, to contend with. <laughs> yeah. I do also think it's important that there's a level of balance, like that they also, I wanted to go there too. I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. They also go out in nature. I mean, the same child who needs to watch TV all day also needs to go out in nature at least three times a day. Like it's just, uh, both things are equally a need for her. And when she does watch TV all day and doesn't get out in nature, the, the balance is gone and she's not in a great place. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed talking to Emily. We, we did another podcast about this and she was talking about how like, well, you can tell, you can tell you have like step, you, you make sure that your kids get steps in, right? She has these things under the Yeah, desk. Yeah, because they are, they're gamers or on their devices a significant amount of time. Um, we find that when we're in community, it's not as out of balance because there's other people always like, oh, hey, let's go work on this. And then everybody gets up and goes and does things. But when they're by themselves at home in particular, um, it's just the easiest thing to do. Um, so yeah, we have been working for years on this because we kind of, there's always the balance of like, this feels bad to me that I'm not respecting your body as a child. Like you should be moving. Oh, there's all these studies equally about like how it's not good for us to be sitting right as adults or children and there's just that element of it so we have um we all have steppers i have one right here under my desk that i just am like stepping 100 percent of the time the other friday i think i was working on editing a book for publishing and i was at my desk from four o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon i got up and i had walked six almost 17 miles on my stepper and i was just like oh my gosh i do sit down even though i'd just been sitting at my desk for 12 hours um so yeah we have implemented things like that the like ergonomically we had a chiropractor come in and you know just explain like how's your body situated and what happens when you're looking down here at your phone and what are this there's a lot of small things that we can do to keep our bodies in optimal uh form in just in order to like the whole reason i want you to be allowed to pursue this is because i believe that it is the best thing for your brain and right like you're learning something which i value but if you're learning something and damaging your body at the same time that kind of is counterproductive to me so we try in keeping a balance we do like we have really really ergonomic setups we have real like it, we don't play on our games like this we have you know the little 
hooking things that come up so that they've got their eyes up and they're holding their devices up here. We have, um, they do step on their steppers. We're doing, just since we've been home, we started doing the presidential fitness, uh, which is in the United States back when Kennedy was a president. He instated like this, if you can do all of these at this certain age, um, you know, this number of sit-ups or this number of squats and this number of like, this is just basic fitness. If you can complete this, you're pretty fit, right? So since we're at home and we don't have natural movement in our lives, both my husband and myself are sedentary. Um, so we implemented that. So we're all doing that. And that's been great. So they get up, they do that throughout the day, they break it up. So like they work on something for an hour and then they'll go do a piece of that. They're, you know, they're out running, running sprints in the front yard back and forth just to, you know, and timing themselves. Um, and then we have two little dogs. One of them is special needs. And so they need to be taken outside to pee. They're not good at like keeping track of themselves and so like they're just they just are on a timer because they have to navigate our pets so they're outside inside outside inside all through the day they're going back and forth right so they take the dogs out to pee the dogs are running around they do a little piece of whatever their fitness is for the day and then they come back and then when they're on their devices frequently they're doing they're stepping too so they're not so sedentary um even though they're sitting but yeah, all those pieces, you know, we're all very aware of how to maintain like physical fitness as we're exercising our minds, I would say, when we're on the when we're on devices. Yeah, I I loved I I well I loved your idea of the of the stepper thing last time and so what I started with my son was he puts himself on a timer and he really likes to regulate himself. So he, he knows he has a timer on his iPad. He sets his timer for an hour and three minutes. <laughs> and then he, so that's his like watching gaming time. And then he takes a break and that's on the timer too. And so he goes and jumps on the trampoline or, you know, does whatever. Um, but I find for myself, like I have to get outside and they don't like to be here on their own. So they come with me. That was another thing I got from talking to you too. It's like, it's, they you know, like preserve your own, was it self-preservation? <laughs> yes. I really like that. So I was like, well, I'm going. <laughs> if you don't want to stay here, then you have to come too. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we go and we have so much nature around us. It's such a blessing here in Washington. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so nice. That is not the case with in our family because both of us are – like we would just be on our computers all day long. We love it. It's our favorite thing. So um, it is hard because I'm not modeling that in any way, which is why I love being in community with them because a, there aren't, a, like most people do need to move their bodies periodically <laughs> and like go outside and breathe fresh air. I just am not one of those people. <laughs> So it's good that we have other people to, and now we have dogs. We brought dogs into our life and they, you know, like we in taking care of them, but community is great for that because you just bring two little dogs into your house and all of a sudden, bam, you have to go outside like every couple of hours. It works out great. Do, do you have easy access just since that to, to nature where you are? 
Um, we are incredibly lucky actually where we live currently we have a swimming pool and so the kids are in the swimming pool three four times a day you know if they could spend all day in that swimming pool um, you, I don't know if you can see behind me uh, but that's my uh, the kids indoor playground so I bought this amazing piece of kit from Germany I didn't buy it from Germany I manifested it it's like, I want that I want that and then the moment my husband went to the States to work at summer camp last year, it came up secondhand. And I was like, I'm in the car, I'm going to get it. Because <laughs> he was so not going to agree to me having that in the house. So I'll just quickly put it up while he wasn't there. Uh, so that's got um, like a swing and climbing and ropes and hanging bars. And so the kids are... I do my yoga in there in the morning and I say yoga in the loosest sense of the word. It kind of involves some stretching and a bit of moving around, but it ain't anything impressive. Um, but while I do that, the children also do that. Um, and then we've got a garden and we have a hoop. Have you come across these? They're incredible. An yeah. aerial hoop. Um, so we've strung it up high from a tree and they're just beautiful. They're these, they're like a, a solid hula hoop and you climb up onto them and you can do amazing dance moves and gymnastics and all of this. And oh my goodness, the kids love them. And what I would really like, but this involves something that I can't do on my own and I would have to have my husband's biome, which I haven't got yet, is to cement some bars in so that they're just parallel bars not loads just one because i just find the kids go round and round and round and round and round like literally all the time it's just they just need to be upside down like they come to me and they go this hurts and i go okay so what movement do you need to do and then suddenly they're contorted into some peculiar movement and you realize that's why they never sit still during meal times you know they just can't sit still because they're constantly receiving these messages bend like this move like this go backwards and forwards backwards and forwards backwards. you know all of this is just stimulating their learning and relieving tension and and so much yeah we had a yoga swing i loved that but we're we're renting now so i can't put holes in our ceiling but yeah yeah upside down is awesome i hadn't ever thought about that actually that's a really that's a really great point and it's also really important for me. I find that um, so much shifts for me when I'm upside down. And so the swimming pool is really good for that because I did a handstand on the marble kitchen floor and nearly fell and somewhat lost my nerve after that. So uh, handstands in the swimming pool work quite well for that now. But yeah, we're really close to the beach as well. So, and the children love to rock climb. Just have to turn my face the other direction because that's you know when they're just climbing these massive rocks and leaping from one place to another and also we have the trampoline as well but I would I've kind of been thinking about whether or not to bring a dog in or not I think probably not right now um just to force them to go out because my husband like you guys Emily he's just he doesn't want to go out ever and so I go, everybody out. And all the kids go, he's not going. Why do we have to go? <laughs> I'm like, mm, that's his problem. <laughs> Come on, let's go. But it's tough, isn't it? Trying to motivate everybody to go outside. And we have, well, I want to go on my bicycle. Well, I want to go on my scooter. Well, I want to be by the seaside. And it's like, oh man, 
how are we all going to decide on what we're going to do? Like the day when they're all old enough to go on their own, that will be really nice. Yeah, we do. Um, we're in, we're close to town and then we're also close to the canyon, which has trails in it. So we can go, yeah, we, we're in a pretty sweet spot right now. So we can go out and walk through the canyon um, or just pop down into town and they can rollerblade and do different things. Um, and my husband does really like to walk. He loves walking through the town. So that's been really fun. And then we just added the rollerblades in. So that's a crazy workout for the boys. Because uh, we live in, it's, it's hilly. So yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so we get that in. But yeah, it is. It's just always, we're definitely not outdoorsy people at all so yeah I know I I uh I sort of envy people who like who you know have taught their kids how to like mountain bike and do all these things and camping and I'm like well I yeah that's maybe they'll learn it from another family maybe they'll make friends or something they can um, learn it on YouTube <laughs> that's <are>. true that's <laughs> true <laughs> um I uh I'm just dressing up my son in Batman you know nothing special here um yeah. How do you guys kind of, do you have like a sense when your kids have been like, they need to move? Like, do you, do you have like a barometer for going like, we well, probably didn't move enough today or. Yeah. When they go crazy and when you put them to bed and they're like bouncing off the walls. Yeah. We do that. If, if they hit that point, we always just set intentions that we're going to do something different. The next day um yeah so if we're like oh my gosh you know they're just they bounce a lot they're all over the living room and it's crazy and um yeah so I'm like oh looks like we didn't get enough body time today maybe we should work on that tomorrow so then we're just intentional about it for a while after that yeah I think we're the same way here I think it's, you know, it's just, it's constant feedback, isn't it? It's not about having done something wrong or having done something right. It's just a constant feedback mechanism. That's what parenting is, you know, incessant, mm, need more of that, mm, need less of that. Plus you haven't done that in a while, you know, and sometimes you want to put all these structures and systems in place to make sure that you create a perfect childhood for them. But the reality is, that your intuition will lead you to what they need. Uh, one of the things I've noticed quite a lot recently is that, that that period of time where my husband's like, right, let's go to bed, let's get them in bed, is often the point of time where I can get the best out of them. Like they mm -hmm. can suddenly read or they're suddenly inspired to learn something historic or they need to go outside and spend 20 minutes bouncing. And, I, and actually I'm beginning to be a little bit more relaxed about that and just be like, actually, this is epic for you right now. And like, they kind of like peak in the morning and then during the day, they're just like, <laughs> and then they peak at night again. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. But that's probably like you say, because they haven't been out and about enough during the day maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. I just had that realization last night because um, my kids are about to leave. So I'm like trying to enjoy as much as possible <laughs> before they leave. And I was thinking, 
I like bedtime the best of all. Like this is when, you know, we get to sit down and snuggle and really talk about what happened. And recently my older son has been asking me to guide them through yoga of all things um, because he finds that it helps him sleep. He doesn't like tossing and turning. He wants to go to sleep quickly. So he says the yoga really helps him, which is really funny because he has been, I mean, I, I was trying to push it on him for so long and and then gave up and then for years was like not and so it's it's really cute to have him like ask me you know and I don't think it it came as yoga it was like how could I fall asleep better and then he saw me meditating one night when he couldn't sleep and he joined me and he was like that really helped could we do that again so I thought that was I thought that's neat and you know it could have been something else too but um because there's not just one like great way to fall asleep but I, it's so powerful when they ask when they're actually interested because I could talk to him and I could make him do yoga and whatever and then he probably it would be this thing that his mom made him do when he was little you know as opposed to something he really wanted to do there's so much power in them watching you and what you do isn't there like oh look mommy writes every morning in her book maybe I might try it you know or Oh, that breathing thing you get me to do really helps, doesn't it? You know, that kind of thing. And I think that we, I'm trying to make this lead onto a point that I feel like I want to say, I'm not sure it's really connected, but I find that um, sometimes we can be so worried that we're not giving them enough opportunities. You know, at school, they have all these thousands of different things that they can do. And if they're at home and you're not paying for 42 different extracurricular activities, they're not finding them. But then like you said, Emily, you know, they, they're on YouTube and then they go down a, a rabbit hole. And I find this for me, like I'll be on the internet and my, the universe is providing the stuff that I need on the internet. You know, I'll, I was really struggling to process something the other day and every time I really struggle. I sometimes look at my phone as if it's somehow going to be like the Oracle, like it's going to give me the answer on Facebook. And I was like, no, not coming. And then I picked up my phone twice and it went to my tasks and I'd written something about six months before. And I just, all I could see was this, you're lying, you're lying. And I was like, Oh, and I was like, it, they're even affecting what's on the screen at any given moment so that you can get the message it's like the messages are all out there we do not have to spend forty-two thousand pounds on extracurricular activities for our kids the stuff that they're going to discover they're going to discover you know like i did an arts award which is something that you can do in the uk with your kids which is basically discovering artists but i mean it's everything from music theater dance like traditional art painting and so I said to my seven-year-old, you know, what would you really like to learn about? She's like, I really want to learn about maths in art. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of like, I have no idea what to do with that. And then she's like, yeah, and I'm really interested in architecture. And I'm like, what the actual, but, you know, just all that she needed was the question. You know, <laughs> she already knew. And some of the stuff that they want to do, I've never even told them. I don't even know where it comes from, but it's there. It's in there. It's in their world, you know, and sometimes stuff comes out of me that's a word. I don't even know what it means. And then I look it up and I go, oh, well, that's exactly what I need. You know, I think we, we worry that we're not providing them with everything that they need. And actually this TV is a route for them to get a lot of that stuff. 
Yeah, for sure. Exposure to other things. Other, I mean, and YouTube's so amazing because they're being exposed to other, so much of the time, other kids, other families, other ways of doing things. And so they're seeing like other families interact in the different ways that that, that happens. I think that's so amazing because when I was a kid, I just figured the way my parents were and the way I was with my, like that that was how every, you know, that how everybody was. And maybe I would go to a few friends' house and see, houses and see how they interacted. But that, that's just amazing to me. Um, you know, I mean, how authentic, we don't know how authentic it is, but, <laughs> but just to, just to be, you know, just to be seeing other, especially during this time where we're not seeing a lot of other kids, um, just to have that, that interaction. What an, a crazy, amazing time we are living in right now. Yeah. But isn't that a learning in itself? Like quite often my, uh, 10, almost 11 year old is like, but this family do these amazing things. And I'm like, mm-hmm on camera <laughs> you mean they're like editing it to make it look better and I'm like mm-hmm but you know even the when we go around to this person's house they're all so nice mm-hmm because there's somebody there you know just it's all part of the learning isn't it understanding that what you see isn't necessarily what you get that's such an important thing to learn and that you trust your gut you know right I was I was describing, I was, uh, do you guys familiar with Ryan or your kids, your kids discovered on YouTube, this million, millionaire child, not fallen in love with him. Thank goodness. <laughs> Both of mine have gone through their, their phases. Um, but what, what I find so hilarious is I was talking to them and I'm like, can you imagine what his life is like? And his parents are like, okay, you have to play with this toy we just got so that I can film it. You know, he must be so bored of this right now. Um, and, and I, they're thinking like, this is smart? amazing. You know? Oh, my, I order music equipment from this company called Sweetwater and they always send a little bag of candy, which I thought I had hidden. And apparently not <laughs> good on me um so so yeah i i'm curious about your your kind of journey to discovering that you could incorporate i know jacintha talked about it a little if you have more to say about it feel free about kind of your your journey through going oh okay yeah maybe this is maybe this is okay maybe i can feel comfortable about with it did you always feel that way Emily was that like from the get-go you knew no we I definitely started uh without any media at all we didn't do tv when the kids were little at all they didn't have devices I was super like this is this is terrible um but I think it was when I read Peter Gray's book, Free to Learn. I read his book and it resonated so well. I was like, I actually believe all of this and I always have. Um, and it just put together like there were just a couple of missing pieces that I had never really thought through, I guess. Um, and so he was super down for media he he i do trust the learning process i trust that learning is happening all the time but there was that little piece that i didn't recognize 
And to hear him articulate that the concept of learning is happening all the time and it's natural. And then to see how he applies that to um, all types of media and to, you know, learning about the tools of our culture. I really recognize that as a tool of the culture that I highly value. I use all, so frequently, every second of every day, it feels like it's my main tool. And as soon as it connected for me that this is a tool of our culture, and if I was a hunter-gatherer and I was disallowing my children to play with bows and arrows because I felt like it was dangerous for them, I can relate to that is a, I'm doing a disservice to them. Um, so as soon as that piece clicked in for me, that this is a tool of their culture, and if we withhold that exploration in all ways uh, from them, that we're doing a disservice, right? So if we're hunter-gatherers and they're playing with something that is legitimately dangerous, right? Like they're literally gonna shoot their friend, it, you're like gonna have a serious problem. Um, so there are risks involved, and dangers involved and it's really important for them to understand those and work through them in a safe environment and as facilitators for us to walk alongside them through that um, but yeah we, that it's okay to let them play with the tools of their culture um, and just be with them in that right so for me it's triggering for me to see somebody's body all out of whack all the time so which is great, right? In the same way that if we were hunter-gatherers, it would be triggering for us to see them stabbing their friend with their arrow. <laughs> like, harm can happen. So let's walk along that journey and figure out how to use it in a way that is beneficial and is moving our culture forward. Um, and as soon as I got that piece, I'm pretty drastic. I go all or nothing always, and we were nothing. And it clicked in for me and I was just like, okay, free for all. Everybody gets to do everything all the time. And we've never turned back. <laughs> and you do, you just have to deal with the things that come up. There's fears in me. There's stuff that's happening with them. You have to like, we just turned it on one day and it was completely unlimited. Right. And so then you have to like, oh, well, maybe we should put some parent controls on because they're, you know, they're getting this influx of stuff that they don't want to see. Nobody wants to see this. Um, or then you have to deal with all of the body stuff. And then you have to deal with like, oh, gosh, you were on this all day. You didn't take any breaks. You know, you're, you're all hunched up. And so you actually didn't even get enough oxygen in your body. And, you, you know, like you have to talk through those things. And it's just this huge conversation that has been years in the making. Um, and you have to build your relationship. Like, can you walk past someone and invest in your relationship with them instead of just being like, hey, that looks bad. Just shut that off. You know, like, so it's such a process. It's been so, so so intense and so many questions come up and just dealing with those and owning my own stuff and letting them be on their journey and like hey I see that this is really valuable for me I'm dealing with this fear like how do we interface those things so just developing relationship and trust and um, yeah figuring it all out it brings up a lot of stuff and I feel like that's a huge value you know, you can't just, if you shut it down, how many relationship 
points where you can actually figure out, navigate, and develop something that works for both of you. How many of those things have you missed because you just walked by and were like, oh my gosh, they've had the TV on for three hours. Like, just turn it off. So you really, um, you miss so much richness. But it is hard. It's a lot of conversations and a lot. I would say the biggest thing is just relationship and respecting each other and respecting your own stuff giving space for your own stuff, just saying like, this is my problem. I own that this is me and it's not you, but I just, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's been intense. That's an, um, that's an amazing point. The, the conversations that it can bring up and the opportunities for getting to know your children better, for, for them getting to know you, for them understanding the reasons behind why you're feeling a certain way, as opposed to just like, this is obviously bad for you. Just go to your room, you know? That's great. <laughs> Are you going to say something to Cynthia? I feel that the television watching is still triggering me and I'm fascinated by it. Um, and I think the main issue that I have with it is that it's like a permission slip to be able to go and have fun. And I think that, you know, I was brought up with that permission slip is only given when you've achieved something. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the things that I'm learning very slowly <laughs> is that everything happens the more fun you have and that children having fun is the most important thing and me having fun is the most important thing and I see television as the ultimate in fun and sometimes I think that I struggle because they're having too much fun. <laughs> It's ridiculous, isn't it? But that's just my stuff that comes up. Like, wow, you're watching TV again, and here I am doing the washing, <laughs> you know. But then, equally, that's my choice to be the one doing the washing. I have very capable children who I can ask to do the washing, and they will do it, you know. So, if I wanted to spend the day watching TV, I could. <laughs> I would just need to write that permission slip. <laughs> That's a, such an important part of that relationship and of owning our own stuff, right? Like, oh, it turns out we're doing a bunch of routine things that we have not, like, worked out in ourselves. No, I choose to do this because I enjoy it. And maybe it needs to be redone, right? Like, maybe you realize, oh, I don't actually like doing this much washing and I would love for this to be more collaborative and that's the conversations that always come up where if you just walk by and say too much tv this is making me feel bad then you miss those opportunities to revamp your you know potentially like the whole way that your family interacts which is really beautiful when you're at each one of those points checking in seeing what they're doing checking in with yourself and being like man I didn't have any fun today whatsoever like uh that's not their problem that doesn't mean they should stop having fun that means that I need to like have more fun I need to have a whatever and it turns out I actually really enjoyed doing the laundry if I'm doing it consciously but because I'm not right my choices I'm not making my choices consciously Whereas they're like intending to have fun. And so they go turn the TV on. <laughs> so that it's. Yeah, the, no, that just reminded me, my, my seven-year-old, they're constantly amazing me because I do need to have more conversations like this with them. And, and I forget, but 
he he was saying, you know, you keep putting these pants in my brother's drawer and they're mine. So maybe I should help you do the laundry. <laughs> it's like, I love that idea. <laughs> Great. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. My boys like super tired of getting, like, I can't get their socks. Right. They're, it's just never right. And I'm like, sorry, if you want me to do it, you get the socks that you get. And they're like, just you do the top part of the laundry and then just bring us the socks. And then while they're watching TV, they sort through the socks and everybody's happy. And I didn't want to do the socks anyway, so it's perfect. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't want to do that either. I, I want them to have the exact same socks so that I don't have to figure out whose size is whose. Like, you're looking at me judgmentally. The... <laughs> The same, we did, we do different colors now. So one uh, okay. has gray socks and the other one has black socks. Hmm. Well, they share but a room and a sock drawer. So I just, yeah. That seems so hard. <laughs> <laughs> do they have the same size feet? No, I, my idea is I just buy them the same size socks. And it works. Mine are too different. They can't wear the same oh, size. Okay. Well, so far it's, so far it's worked. That's brilliant. But, but I like the color. I like the color idea. Once, once they, and they also don't wear socks very often, truthfully. So it's not the hugest problem, but yeah, color so coordination is great. Three girls and everything gets handed down. And I'm like, who's wearing this top now? I can't remember. Yeah. It don't involve me in the process of this is too small. I'm handing it on. So I keep putting it in the wrong box. They're like, now I've included my husband in that. Uh, he's three inches shorter than me. And now my son is getting to be up to his height. And so dad passes them down. And I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I'm like, this has been your shirt for how long? Now I'm supposed to give it to Jordan? How? You do not want to be on our, in our house on laundry day. The the Duggars, the uh, the family with like eighteen kids or or whatever, they have a a closet, one huge closet downstairs where all the clothes go because they have the hand me down issue. So you know, there's so many ways to do it, which which uh, Emily has so many of them up her sleeve. <laughs> I am a systems person, so I do like to come up with new systems and i do like new things too so if we've already done it throw it out try something new <laughs> thank you both so much for for spending time with me today um to talk about this because i do think that this is something that a lot of um parents are having issue with um the not wanting their kids to watch stuff especially through a pandemic where options are more limited than usual all right well thank you so much have a great day bye oh such a pleasure porter thank you thank, thank you. you thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this please leave a review and rate the podcast wherever you're listening that helps others find it